Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. I think an athlete should be paid if he works at McDonald's. Oh! Said to me, he said, Coach, in a half hour, we're going to walk into that press conference. I'm going to announce you're the head coach at Notre Dame. My priorities was my faith, my family, and then football. Here now is Matt Austin and Ginger Gadston with Florida's Fourth Estate. Sponsored by Light Orlando, delivering hope together. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a live edition of Florida's Fourth Estate. I'm Ginger Gadston. And I'm Matt Austin. Yes. Yeah. Yes. We, oh, my God. What an amazing crowd out here at Miller's Ale House in Winter Park Village. And they are all here to see a legend of college football. Everybody's excited to see the man who is seated right next to our left. Oh. He is the only college football head coach to take six different teams to a bowl game. Very successful on-air career. A living legend in our midst. Everybody give a big round of applause for Coach Lou, Lou. Holtz. I, uh, I love doing TV because all you do is talk to you think of something to say. So <laughs> not hard. Oh, well, we're going to talk a lot tonight, Good. Coach. We are so glad that you are here. When we announced that you were coming, we had 100 tickets for insiders. We said, hey, come down. We're going to have a special guest. And as soon as we announced who that special guest was, it was 24 hours later, our tickets were gone like that. And these people are here to show you some love. So please let's give him another round of applause yeah. because it is, I mean, it is not often that you get to spend time with a living legend and sitting. So he's so humble. We've had the chance to speak with you before this all started. And I just love that you think you're not really that special. No, what, I'm not. No, no, stop. Where does that come from, Coach? Where do you get that? Because you don't even have to talk to us. Experience. But where does that come from? Experience makes you humble. I, I was growing up, I never had a date in high school. I dated a girl. She didn't like me. The mother hated me. The little sister and the grandma thought I was great. So it came obvious to me that you just be yourself. I was in the lower third of my high school class. If it was not for people like me, there could have been no upper half of the class. So <laughs> you just try to be yourself and understand that you're no different than anybody else. And I'm an old man. Now, my birthday candles cost more than a cake. So it gives you an idea. But... No matter how old you get, you know what I found out? You're always going to have problems. You're always going to have difficulties. You're always going to have challenges. I don't care how old you are. You're never going to get to the point where I don't have anything to worry about. Life is not being without problems. Life is being able to handle the problems that come your way. I have a strong faith in God. That helps me. But I think what's important is to believe in yourself and what you're doing. That Amen. is amazing. And Absolutely. By, and by the way, he just had a birthday. Your birthday 
is January 6th, right? You just celebrated another birthday last month. Last month. So it's, you're newly minted 87 years old. I, I, what I did, I celebrated the 22nd anniversary of my 65th birthday. Oh, nice. That's, that's good. That way pe though. people from Michigan don't know how old I am. <laughs> <laughs> they don't want to know. Well, I'll tell you, you say that you're just a regular, normal, bottom third guy, but regular, normal guys aren't getting called out after huge football games like you did this year. I have to ask you because when we were setting this up last year, Ryan Day, the head oh, coach yeah. of Ohio State, came out after a big victory over Notre Dame and starts yelling I at knew. Lou Holtz. <laughs> what must that have been like for you as you're sitting watching this game and Ryan Day starts going, where's Lou Holtz at right now? Well, what you have to understand is how that all came about. Pat McAfee asked me to be on his show mm -hmm. on Notre Dame campus. The statue of me is right behind me. There's thousands of Notre Dame students, and he said, what do you think about the game? What, what am I going to say? He said, well, I speak from my heart. I did think Ohio State was physical enough to win a big game against a good opponent. They could not run the ball on a consistent basis against anybody. Their defense is pretty good. Well, lo and behold, three times uh, Ohio State had fourth and one, didn't make it. Last play of the game, or excuse me, next to last play of the game, they hit a 40-yard pass to this yard. They go for it, last play of the game, they got that far to go. They have to go the video to see if he scored. And we only <laughs> had 10 men on the field. And the media said, why'd you only have 10? We said, well, we thought that's all we needed. You know, I guess. <laughs> But, you know, I, I, I like Ryan Day. I think he's a good coach. He's done a great job. However, they got to get to the point where the offensive line go forward, not always backwards oh. in their pass protection. That's just my thought, my observation. I think they'll get that change. It was obvious against uh, Missouri that they weren't tough enough physically. But I think they'll change that and get better. Cause you got to be able to run the ball when everybody knows you're going to run it. You got to be able to throw it when everybody knows you're going to throw it. And then you mix it up. Coaching's not hard. I mean, we're not talking about nuclear physics. I, 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 <laughs> you people all seem to know more than I did when I was coaching. You know, you just don't complicate he's, life. He's mad because you told the truth. Well, I, 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 I try to tell the truth because I'm not smart enough to lie because I can't remember what lie I told you <laughs> and, and to keep saying it over. But just be yourself and be honest. And, and coaching is the greatest sport in the world. Now, a lot of people could go into business, make a lot of money. When you die, that ends. When you're in coaching, you have a chance to be significant. The significance where you help other people be successful that last many a lifetime. I coached for Woody Hayes. He taught me so much. He's passed away. But Urban Meyer, Barry Alvarez, all wow. these other coaches still have his philosophy because yeah. I passed it on to them. So you, you try to coach it. You try to give your players something to do, demand they do it. And, and the biggest mistake that leaders make and parents make and if you listen to nothing else I say, I think you should listen to this. The biggest mistake parents make, they lower the standards for their children. 
to try to keep them happy. Say it no. for the people in the back. <laughs> no. They no, lower the standards for their kids. Uh, what you do, you raise the standard, but then you show them how to reach that standard. And, and life is nothing more than making good choices wherever you are because the choices you made. You chose to come here tonight. I hope it's a good choice. We're going to try to make it a good choice, but that's your choice. And to make good choices, you follow three rules. You do what's right. You know the difference between right and wrong. Never right time do the wrong thing. Never wrong time do the right thing. I think it's right to follow the laws of the country. Mm -hmm. I think that rule number two, you do everything the best of your ability. Not everybody be all American. Not everybody be an A student. Everybody can be the best student they're capable of being. And then the third thing, show people you care. My wife, I was married for 59 years. She passed away. She's very private. Did one interview in her entire life because they had to do with cancer, which she eventually died from. I said, Mr. Holtz, what did you learn from having cancer? She said, I learned how much my family loved me. We didn't love her anymore, but we showed it. Why do we have to wait for somebody to have a catastrophe in their life before we reach out and say, hey, we care about you? So let the people know you genuinely care about them before you have to. Yeah, that's why we want to give you your flowers now, right? <laughs> we want to give you your flowers you now. <laughs> no, no, no. What are you trying to say, Ginger? No, no you He's give got him a lot of Well, he left. can still smell the flowers. That's what you want. Okay, so if somebody could, like, bring out a printing press of cash or money, you don't need it, where would you coach today? Where would I coach today? Where would you coach? Where well, would you want to? I'd like to coach anywhere uh, that I can handle it physically. The reason I say love to go, because you give your players something they can do and then make sure that they live up to those standards. And as a, as a coach, your obligation is to build their confidence up yet at the same time to maintain high standards. And everybody's different. Everybody's got problems. Everybody's got difficulty. And you got to be able to associate with them. But you also have to be able to laugh. Mm -hmm. I think you have to have fun at everything you do. Uh, if you can't have fun doing something, it's a real problem. It's a real chore. If it's a chore for me to be here, it's a chore for you to listen. I'm That's happy to be here. I'm happy to be with oh you. Oh, my God. And, and I'm going to have fun. I hope you have fun, but if oh not, that's God. your oh, problem. we're having a great time, Coach. Coach, you're inspiring. <laughs> I, I, can tell, I can tell why you've inspired so many young men over your career because... You're very, he needs some inspiration. Yeah, he needs some manners. And he needs a muffler. He, he needs uh, rule number one, follow the law. <laughs> so I wanted to ask you, because a lot of people in this room might not know, you are a Florida resident. The reason we have you on Florida's Fourth Estate, our podcast, is because you live in this beautiful state of Florida, and you've been here for decades. Tell us what the Kent State grad is doing living <laughs> in Florida. I, I, I came from uh, Ohio. I was living in Thing, but in 1980, last century, I needed a second home. I was coaching Arkansas, and I made a list of things I wanted. <laughs> I wanted a place I could, I, I could uh, get to easy, airline conditions. You go to heaven or hell nonstop from Orlando. Yeah. I wanted a place with a good golf. I love golf. I, I, my goal was to shoot my age 
Uh, I've done that. Now I want to shoot my IQ, which is a lot lower than <laughs> I wanted a place where there was tennis for my wife. I wanted a place where there was water for the children. I wanted a place where I had friends. Mm -hmm. The only thing I wanted Orlando didn't have was a place I could afford. <laughs> so I, so and that my, hasn't changed. You know, six out of seven, we ain't gonna do any better than that. And so we came here and, and have so many friends that just absolutely love this place. Well, it's great to have you here. What, what a hidden treasure it is to have Lou Holtz in this building and in this place. You know, and everyone has a story about you, including some insiders who are here tonight, right? So there was one insider who told, you love the Cracker Barrel? Oh, I used to always eat a Cracker Barrel when my <laughs> wife was there, because my wife had throat cancer, couldn't eat an awful lot, so we went wherever she was happy. Yeah, and the Cracker Barrel made you guys happy. But this person told us that there was one time you were there with another family, of course, and you didn't know them. And they're just, and they have some kids, and the kids are kind of playing around with you. And they didn't know who you were. And of course, you don't know them. This man paid for their meal, right? Which seems like nothing for him, but he still had to make the gesture to do it. As big as you are, this is why I love you, because Kindness matters in this world. You didn't have to do that for those people. And no one knew that you did it until I just blabbed my big mouth, right? Well, but I just feel it's so important. Why are you, why are you like this? How? Remember, show people you genuinely care. And everybody needs a kind word. And somebody's there with children. And if I could pick up the tab and them not know anything about it and the surprise they have, when they get to the cashier and it's already taken care of, and the tip is very, very important. I think tipping people is absolutely critical today. Yeah. Oh, well, that's really good for tonight. Oh my god. Tipping gosh. people. Tipping people. Yes, make sure and, we give good and tips. And we have a surprise because you like picking up the tab. Uh, no. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> Look at that look. No, no. Okay. I gotta leave early. <laughs> <laughs> okay, because I want to, so I want to get into a few things with you after a commercial break, but uh, one question I wanted to ask, because I'm, I'm curious really about your take on college football. It's gotten crazy with NIL oh and the transfer, gosh, the portal. transfer portal. As a fan, it's getting frustrating. I'm curious of your perspective of that, as well as some of your memories from before, but if anybody's just catching this first segment here, I'm a 40-year-old guy. You're 87. I'm curious when you look back on your life with all the things you've been through, is there anything you wish you focused on more if you were talking to your 40-year-old self or some advice that you would maybe give? I, I think just continue to make good choices. Anytime I got in difficulty, it's because I made bad choices. Choose to do drugs, drop out of school, join a gang, get tattoos from at the bottom, get arrested, you choose to have difficulty in life, and don't blame me. So those are choices you make, and there aren't enough people that are held accountable. I, I remember, I want to write a book titled Freedoms I've Lost Since I Was Young. Oh. You know, I rode in the back of a car without a seatbelt. I, I rode a bike without a helmet. Yeah. I rode in the back of a truck standing up. Everybody had a BB gun and we shot at one another. <laughs> Fortunately, we weren't real good shots, but... <laughs> 
We also understood that freedom brings ramifications if they go wrong. You've got to be held accountable. People want freedom, but they don't want any accountability for their actions or what they do. And that's not right. That's not what made this country great. And I worry about the culture of this country. I think a football team or a business goes through four stages. First, you learn how to be competitive. You learn how to be, I know, we probably got to go to a, what the hell, you don't, have, finish. you don't have to pay for this show, don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> you learn how to be competitive because you do the fundamentals. Then you learn how to win. You win because you do the little things the right way. Everybody does big things. Winners do the little things. The shoe was lost, the horse was lost because the horse was lost, the rider was lost because the rider was lost, the message was lost because the message was lost, the battle was lost because the battle was lost, the war was lost because of little thing. Then you get to stage three. You gotta learn how to handle winning. Once you start winning, everybody takes for granted. They forgot what it was like Amen. before. Let's take Florida State. They forget what it was like three years ago when you're on the bottom. That's the truth. And then you get to stage four, and that's where the culture of a team or the business is handled by the players and the employees. They don't wait for me to get on them. They get on one another. That's not the way we do things here at Notre Dame. That's not the way we dress. That's not the way we act. That's not the way we treat our teammates, yeah. whatever the list may be. So that's all. All right, Coach. Uh, we're going to take a quick, give him a round of applause for that because he deserves that. We are going to take a quick break, and on the other side of the break, we're going to talk about your presidential campaign, which you just launched. <laughs> we'll be right back. He's the right age. <laughs> hey, welcome back to Florida's Fourth Estate Special Edition here live. Woo! Miller's Hill House. We're having a ball with legendary college football coach Lou Holtz joining us. And uh, I'm fascinated, Coach, to ask you about where you think college football is headed. Because it, as a fan, it's been frustrating to see these teams. It seems like the players I root for one year are gone the next year. Money's playing a big role. What are your thoughts on how college football is going? I think that's the reason Nick Saban left coaching. My son left college coaching. Because I think an athlete should be paid if he works at McDonald's. Not to go to college. You go to college, you get an education. You, it's a four-year, 40-year decision, not four. You pick out the school, you want to be part of it the rest of your life. And you go do that. And to get paid for that is set in the wrong perspective. But. I made $95,000 at Notre Dame. That was my salary. And they had a policy, the head football coach could not make more than the president of the university. The president of Notre Dame was a priest that took about poverty. So they, they didn't pay coaches. They, they didn't have any children. They didn't have a wife. They didn't have all the obstacles that you have. But I, I, I think that the coaches followed the money. Then the players are following the money. Now the schools are following the money. Florida State's talking about leaving the ACC because the SEC just got $51 million per team. Well, why can't wow. we be part of that? And so it's just insane. As far as transfer portal, worst things ever happened because there's nothing wrong 
with being patient, improving, waiting your turn, and being ready when you get that opportunity. I very seldom had an athlete transfer. And to me, when you transfer, all you do is change the address of your problems. Work, be patient. We had a young man that played behind Rick Meyer for three years. They've Kevin McDougal out of Fort Lauderdale. He was second team, didn't play much. His senior year, he was a starting quarterback. We went 12 and one. He set all kind of passing records. He wasn't a great quarterback, but he was a great leader and he was ready and he waited for his opportunity. He didn't run somewhere else. I used to follow baseball. I could give you the starting lineup of the Cleveland Indians in 48 or at 54, either one. But now I don't because the players change. Yeah. Same thing happening in college. You know, 64 starting quarterbacks were at different schools last year. And when you have a quarterback starting for four different schools in four years, the quarterback started at Southern Cal, then he started at uh, Georgia, then he started at uh, uh, third year was he, he, It's hard to keep track. Well, no, West Virginia nope. and that at Rice. And, and that's not right. That's not what college athletes, that's not what life's all about. Football is a great lesson. I learned more on a football field than I ever learned in a college classroom by far. I learned more in the military about coaching than I ever did anywhere else. As an officer in the military, I learned more about leadership, about standards, uh, et cetera. So I'm just against this transferring the first time things get hard. Yeah, but don't you think it's going to have to right itself because you are losing the loyalty. There's so many people who have just now given up becoming a fan because you don't even know who you're rooting for anymore. That will cause it to come back. That will cause it to come back. Somebody's gonna step in and make changes and say, what's in the best interest of the athlete? Not what's in the best, uh, uh, of the overall group. Not just one person, the overall group. Uh, what, what's in the best interest of the team? What do we have to do to fill the stands? You know, right now, yes, great, but you're gonna find that attendance is gonna go down because I'm starting to lose interest in it because I can't tell who, who plays for who. Yeah, if they lose you, they've really lost it. You know what a, a portal is good for for some people? Maybe a marriage portal. Maybe next year you trade up or you go to a better spot. My husband's here tonight. Wow. I don't mean yeah. it, really. I'm just kidding. Donovan, uh, where are you? <laughs> she's heading into the portal, Donovan. Watch out. So, Coach, well, she's talking about marriage, and uh, I think you could probably give some marriage advice in here tonight. Yeah. 59 years wow. of marriage. That's uh, amazing. Yeah, come on. Well, that's amazing. What, what would you say is the key for those gentlemen in here listening to you? You obviously know a lot about football and a lot about life. What's the key to being a good husband and having that successful marriage? I always told my wife, it's cheaper to keep her. <laughs> but that, wise that, words. That, that, then, then after I woke up, <laughs> but I, I say this: I continued to court my wife for 59 years, like I did when I was single, trying to get her to believe in me. Too many people get married and then they stop courting their wife. Wait a minute. Okay, so court. Your, sp <laughs> your spouse. Just, She's writing this I'm down. taking notes for a friend. Court, <laughs> court your spouse. Make sure that they can 
you follow the three rules because you cannot have a relationship with a wife or a child if it's not based on trust. Everything's got to be based on trust. How do I make sure people can trust me? Do the right thing. I, I, I don't think it's raising a home with lipstick on your collar. There's going to be all kinds you of You better not. Okay. So you do what's right so the people can trust you. I want her to know that I always wanted to make it the best I could for my family. Mm -hmm. I try to provide the best housing, the best schooling, the best leadership, but you have to spend time with them to do that. And the last thing, I always want my wife to know I care. I, I traveled a lot when I was first in coaching, and so my wife and I made an agreement. At 10 o'clock every night local time, I would either call her or think about her, and she would do the same with me. We would be together mentally 10 o'clock at night. We always saw the same moon, and, and just things to understand. And I'd leave her little notes and just let them know you genuinely care. And, and most problems happen in marriage because one party says, I deserve better. The cheerleader marries the football player and he's fat and sloppy and lazy. I deserve better or vice versa. But I never felt that I reached a point where I deserved better than my wife. And I wanted to make sure that she felt that she was always lucky to have me. Because I don't care what you achieve in this world. I don't care how much money you make. If you aren't successful as a husband and a father, mm. you fail. And so to me, my priorities was my faith, my family, and then football. Yeah, that is wow. Amen. That's amazing. That's amazing. That's wow. That's advice you just got for free that most people would probably pay for. That's you're as not a girl, paying me. You no. Know, well, we'll talk. As a girl who was raised by a good dad, I know the importance of having a, a good father. So thank you for that. You have talked and mentioned several times throughout this interview. The word leadership is one of your key words. Can you talk a little bit about what it means to be a leader? Because people think that the leader means you're at the front, you're at the head, but leaders are everywhere. Yes, when, when I was hired at Notre Dame, Father Hesburgh, one of the most brilliant people I ever knew, said to me, he said, Coach, in a half hour, we're gonna walk into that press conference, I'm gonna announce you're the head coach at Notre Dame. What I cannot announce is you're the leader of the Notre Dame football team. He said, I give you the title because titles come from above. But the players will determine if you're a leader. Mm -hmm. I said, what makes a leader? He said, you have to have a vision where you want the organization to go. You lead by example, and you hold people accountable for the choices they make. It's not complicated at all. Yeah, that's it's just true. That simple. That's true. You make it all sound so simple, and but because you've and you've done it all too. Yeah, you've done well, all the things. I, I got to I got to keep it simple. I mean, I I can't understand it if we get real complicated, but if we keep it simple, I'm okay. I follow that. All right. Well, Coach Lou Holtz, this has been such an enjoyable conversation for me. I feel like I've learned a lot. Is there anything else you'd like to tell all these people at Miller's Ale House and Winter Park Village? came out Village? to see you. I have never learned anything by talking. 
I only learn by listening, so I'm glad you learned something. I didn't learn a damn thing. <laughs> well, there's nothing you're going to learn from the two of us. That I can guarantee. You speak for yourself. Oh, you know <laughs> it. Well, thank you guys so oh much gosh. for coming out. What a coach pleasure. Coach Holtz, legendary college football coach. Thank you. Uh, thank you so yeah. much. Thank you. Oh. Thank you for watching Florida Sports Estate. You can download it from wherever you listen to podcasts or watch anytime on News 6 Plus.